And airport delays, they are back in the headlines. This after former NHL player Ryan Whitney posted about his recent experience at Pearson Airport in Toronto. Have a listen to this. So I got here at 4.55. I wanted to be five minutes early. So I wanted to be three hours and 55 minutes early. I get here. This woman says, oh, we booked you actually on a flight from here to Montreal and then Montreal to Boston. But that leaves in 50 minutes and you can't make it. They never sent me an email. I, I, I started laughing. I mean, what are you, you going to do? It was either that or like cry. So now I'm on a an, an 10 a.m., but there's nobody really around the gate. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so in shock at this place. It is the biggest disgrace known to man. On Sunday, Whitney faced, as you just heard there, numerous delays, missed flights that had him stuck at Pearson until the next morning, prompting him to call a Pearson airport, quote, hell on earth. Monette Pasher is the interim president of the Canadian Airports Council and joins us now for more on this. Monette, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Appreciate your time. And I guess uh, first, just uh, your reaction to this video from Mr. Whitney that has got a lot of reaction uh, the last couple of days. Yeah, we understand that these delays are just so incredibly frustrating. And, you know, really, it's what we've been trying to avoid. So we're so sorry that he experienced this. And, you know, really, hundreds of thousands of, of travelers are experiencing delays at, our, at some of our hub airports. And it's a process that we need to improve quite quickly. Yeah. Is this typical of what you've been seeing and hearing, uh, I guess, the uh, last few weeks at airports, not only in Toronto, but uh, across the country? Yeah, these um, these challenges that our airports are facing at the international border is most acute at Pearson. And it does happen from time to time at other airports like, like Montreal and um, some of our other airports are experiencing from time to time screening issues and screening delays, but the international border issues are, are certainly compounded at Pearson as they have the the highest number of international passengers arriving a day, 30,000 of them, which is a very big number. Yeah. Can you give us an update as to what passengers have experienced at airports, particularly, I guess, Pearson, because uh, we've heard, done some uh, stories that there's been delays upwards of uh, two, maybe even close to three hours, passengers uh, stuck on the tarmac uh, in airplanes uh, waiting to uh, deplane? Yeah, so the last week in May, we had 129,000 passengers affected um, being held on aircraft, and that was up about 13,000 from the previous week. It's about 53 per- it is 53% of international um, passengers arriving at Pearson, so it's quite a high number. Um, and they are being held on planes from anywhere from 30 minutes up to 75 minutes. And, you know, any time held on a plane is not acceptable, quite frankly, and it's certainly not the experience that we want to have at our airports. Um, Our airports know how to um, serve passengers to the highest level of efficiency. We have award-winning airports in our country that we're quite proud of, and we look forward to getting back to business um, in the proper way to, to smooth out this travel experience. But it's going to take removing some of these public health um, measures that have been in place since the start of the pandemic. We can't have regular passenger traffic levels and these health measures that are, that are still in place. The two can't coexist within our terminal without issues. 
All right, let's talk a bit more about that. Is that what the uh, Canadian Airports Council, Monette, is that what you believe is behind uh, these delays in processing? I know that has been in the news over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the testing, the COVID testing that uh, continues in the screening. We've also heard that there's been a staffing issue trying to get the staff back, uh, you know, post-pandemic, or I guess since travel has uh, really kind of uh, reopened uh, in the country. But is the major delay, is it the testing and the screening, uh, or is it a combination of all of these factors? Yeah, so there's a number of issues at play. So, so first, if you look at the international border, which is when you're coming into the country and the customs agents, that's where we have mandatory random testing. And that is significantly bogging down the system. In order to decide who needs to be randomly tested, we need to screen the code. Those customs agents have to screen all the passengers to decide who is going to be randomly selected for testing. Um, all passengers coming in have to answer questions both in the Arrive Can app, at the machine. And then that customs agent has to review all of that vaccine information and the travel and health information. You know, it would normally take a customs agent 30 seconds to process a passenger when they're at their desk. And it's taking two to four times that, so upwards of two minutes. And you think, oh, well, that's not, you know, that long, an extra minute or a minute and a half. But when we're talking about 30,000 passengers a day and at peak times, it really starts to bog the system down. Our airports were not built to facilitate public health requirements when we get back to regular passenger traffic levels. And that's where we're headed. We're going to have another 50% increase in international arrivals at our hub airports. So we're moving from right now we process 50,000 passengers a day on average at our four hub airports. And we're going to be moving over 80,000 a day come the end of June. So we really need to find a way to move forward to smooth out this process. Yeah. Is the dropping of those protocols, would that make the biggest and immediate difference? And Manette, how do you kind of balance that with uh, public safety and public uh, health? As you well know, health officials, they've just recently extended those uh, protocols for the better part of uh, another month. Yeah. So we've been calling on the government to, you know, move this random surveillance testing to the community. There are other options. They could be doing surveillance for variants through wastewater testing. I'm not a public health expert, but health experts do tell us that there are are other ways to do this surveillance. Um, There are not many places in the world that do testing um, at airports. And our airports are calling for the removal of the vaccine requirements for air passengers and aviation employees. You know, aviation is global, and in order for our industry to um, reach the economic recovery and compete globally, we really do need to interline. Um, we really do need to align with the international community. Over 50 countries have already moved on from vaccine mandates and COVID protocols for travel. Would like to see Canada do the same. All right, just finally, I only got about a minute left here, but you mentioned uh, numbers at airports uh, increasing. Is there a concern amongst the Canadian Airports Council that uh, some of these scenes that have played out in the news over the last uh, few weeks is going to discourage Canadians from traveling uh, once again, just uh, when there was this pent-up demand, uh, of course, uh, with uh, the restrictions being lifted and nobody traveling for the last couple of years due to the pandemic? 
Yeah, I mean, these are certainly the experiences um, that we're trying to avoid. And, and we are making progress in working with government on, on some of the security screening issues for departing travelers. Um, the government agency CASA has been staffing up quite quickly. They're hoping to be back to a full complement of staffing by the end of the month. So there are areas where we really are making steps forward. Um, and we really do applaud the government in working with us on that and um, making some progress. But the piece that that remains a challenge is is at the border, and that's where we we need to see some movement. All right, Manette Pasher, Interim President, Canadian Airports Council. Really appreciate you coming on and your time with us this afternoon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.